Reach new career heights with University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business. Flexible MBA and MS options. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. Before we get started on today's podcast, make sure you check out our fantasy sports uh, YouTube channel. It's where the OSG and myself go through and talk about all of the daily fantasy lineups you should go and use and try to make some of that millions. Hopefully you can get a W out of it because we were there to help you. So check it out. Just search unfair fantasy sports on YouTube and you'll see our weekly videos and uh, hopefully uh, you make some money off of it. Happy gambling. Revenge tours by all these quarterbacks in the NFL, and we'll go through division by division here on Unfair Sports, where we take a pensive approach to the sports conversation. I am your host, Jay. We'll start off with the NFL stuff, and we'll talk about some college football. So thank you for checking us out here on our social media channels, as well as wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. While you're here, please like, subscribe, rate, review, and give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Man, please give us five anyway and gift it. So on today's episode of Unfair Sports, we're going to dive right into a division by division breakdown of these quarterbacks and what they're doing this year and probably what the team's going to end up looking like. As well as a fun weekend in college football. We'll definitely talk about some of the new coach, new faces in new places and how it looks like they are doing. And so because of that, thank you for joining us today. Hit us up on the Unfair Fan Line, 430-901-1906. Let us know what's going on in your world. Tell us how your team is doing. Give us your strongest opinions. You might be showing up on the show. So hit us up, 430-901-1906. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in here to Unfair Sports. We're going to get there. Don't worry about it. I decided I need to bring y'all an episode. I didn't get a chance to get you an NFL preview, doing a lot of stuff over on the YouTube channel for college football and OU football. Check it out. Just search Unfair Sports. We're over there. It's getting live. We're seeing a big influx of followers. So we're going to keep riding that train out to try to grow this channel, grow this this show grow this everything and i may actually change the name on the youtube channel and still bring back the unfair sports channel that way we have unfair sports all the videos will be there specifically around all sports uh, a ou dedicated channel and kind of go from there so with that though man it's been crazy i want to, i'm gonna dive like i said dive into some NFL action. It's been a good first two weeks. We are seeing a big time revenge tour by a lot of quarterbacks. It's revenge as well as uh, proving you right and proving you wrong tour. So we're going to go division by division. We'll start from the NFC West and work our way east. And then we'll go from the, you know what? Let's switch that. We're going to go from the NFC East and work our way west. And then we're going to go from the AFC West back to the east and we'll break all that down as well as talk to college football so stick around tune in let's dive right into the nfl action so so far in the nfl what we are seeing is quarterbacks out here trying to uh prove everybody wrong like ain't that crazy um 
so of course NFL quarterback tiers. And I think I need I need to do a tiers piece. I think I'm gonna do a tiers piece next week. We'll give it. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna do it after week four. I think at the quarter marks a good way to get a quick understanding, a good better understanding of what the quarterback stance is right now in the NFL. But we're gonna talk about the NFC East first. Talk about kind of the quarterback situation going into what it looks like for the playoffs so far. And to be quite honest, um, y'all told me Jalen Hurts wasn't a quarterback. I tried to told y'all that I've always felt like he was an NFL quarterback, and Jalen Hurts showing us that he's an NFL quarterback. Not only is that Eagles defense ferocious, but Jalen Hurts is looking like an NFL quarterback. Like he's looking like a guy that can lead this team potentially to a deep playoff run. I mean, statistically, he looks solid. He's at 69% completion percentage at 576 yards in the first two games of the season, averaging 288 passing. He does only have one touchdown and a pick, but he's also rushed for three touchdowns, 147 yards rushing in two games, averaging about 73 yards. So the Eagles are still playing a run-heavy offense, but Jalen Hurts is throwing that thing. A.J. Brown's looking like a monster. Dallas Godard and Devontae Smith finally got some action last night. What I mean, we said that Jalen Hurts wasn't a quarterback, and I tried to told y'all he has the elements, he has the tools to be a NFL quarterback as long as he get the right tutelage. Look like he's getting the right tutelage. So when you look through the East, I'm looking at the Giants, the Commanders, and the Cowboys, in which the Cowboys, yeah, hey, Cowboys fans, I know every year it's the Cowboys year. I'm just going to go ahead and say this now. I don't think that y'all make the playoffs now. Like, Cooper Rush is cool. He was a great influx. They played against the Bengals, and we'll talk a lot about the Bengals later, but there's nothing about this team that says it's going to make the playoffs. Y'all couldn't score a touchdown against the Buccaneers. Buccaneers have a really good defense, but y'all couldn't score a touchdown against the Buccaneers. And Tommy Boy was struggling, for the most part, scoring as well. So that means that either your defense is pretty solid or... Your offense is just bad. And I think that, honestly, Dallas needs to find a way to give the ball to Zeke Elliott a lot more. But y'all also got a whole bunch of line issues. That's been the biggest problems for the Dallas Cowboys is blocking has been bad. But outside of that, I think in this division, the Eagles come out. Period. They're playing excellent football. Their defense is absurd. Darius Slay slaying folks. Dude had two picks on... um. Kirk, well, he had on Kirk Cousins, but still, Kirk Cousins kept throwing his direction. And he kept taking it. Justin Jefferson not have a good game, specifically because of that. Thank you, my boy. You actually saved me in fantasy this week. So shout out to the Eagles. I think that they they'll win this division. I mean, the Giants are undefeated right now, which is very much a shocker. Going back and look at their schedule, they played against the Titans and the Panthers, and won both of them by three points or less. So they were close games. Are y'all still going to tell me that Daniel Jones is quarterback in the NFL? Because I'm going to be honest. There's a difference between the way Daniel Jones is playing and the way Jalen Hurts is playing. Daniel Jones is averaging 182 yards per game. 70% completion percentage, but 364 yards. It's like he's afraid to throw it. And you can tell. Luckily, he's played against who he's played against, so that helps them a lot. I'm going to be keeping it a buck and keeping it honest with you all. There's nothing about... The Giants, the Commanders, even with Carson Wentz having that great first game. Game two, whoo, boy. He did not look like he had anything. So 
Jalen Hurts is on this revenge tour with the rest of these quarterbacks, trying to prove that they are NFL quarterbacks. And the other three in this division are not showing us any of that. I don't know why. I expected a lot more. It's either the Lions are really good or just Wentz just ain't very good. And I mean, he's thrown for 325 yards, 65%. But that Lions game was bad. Like that was a bad game for them. Like that's not, that wasn't a game that you would tip your hat to and say, oh, this team could be something special. It did not look like it. It looked like a bad game for the most of it. But Wentz is on that tour, too. He's trying to show that he deserves to be in this league, that he deserves to get some respect and everything. And I guess the question is going to be, can he prove himself? So I've got the Eagles coming out right now. We'll do a tour, like I said, tears piece week four on quarterbacks. But keep your eye on Jalen Hurts. That man is trying to prove something like a lot. And it's looking good, like real good. He's going to stay up north since we're in the east. Most of the teams are up northeast, except for the Cowboys, which always is weird to me, but it's neither here nor there. North, NFC North. Everybody's one and one. I had wondered if the Vikings were going to be able to find a way to pull out this division because of the way that they played the Packers in game one. Now, game one, Aaron Rodgers looked like he did not know how to throw the ball anymore. He did not look like he knew how to play football without his court wide receiver, Devontae Adams. And it made me post a tweet, you know, being facetious, but at the same time, folks start to understand what I was saying is that Devontae Adams made Aaron Rodgers next up on Undisputed, and it was tagged with Skip Bayless. Because it's something that Skip Bayless would say. Now, I didn't go watch to see if this was what he was saying after game one. Not really that interested in hearing it. But it felt like in that game that Aaron Rodgers was made by Devontae Adams. I mean, Justin Jefferson ate that Packers defense up, tore him apart. Nine catches, 184, two touchdowns. And Kirk Cousins actually looked like he was worth the guaranteed money they keep giving him. Then they played the Eagles on primetime television. You know, when Kirk Cousins seems to disappear and forget how to play football. And he showed that he's not very good and he forgets how to play football. Like, Kirk Cousins is an NFL quarterback. I just don't think that he's good enough to win a Super Bowl. He's on that tier of quarterbacks that, yeah, he, he, can, he can start the NFL. Sure. And then he's like a high-end backup for me. Or actually, no correction, I'll pull that back. I think Cousins is a starter in the NFL. He's not the money that they pay him. He's more of a Mitchell Trubisky level starter in the NFL. Someone you got just because you got to have a placeholder. Because Kirk's always put up numbers. Like There's nothing about him that doesn't say he doesn't put up numbers. The biggest problem that we've always seen with him is that he his incompetence, when it's important, is through the roof. And I'm adding him to this tier of particular quarterbacks that seem to have... Like just lapses in critical games. But the one thing for me is I don't understand what the Vikings are seeing in him right now. I don't see it. I don't understand why the Vikings feel like Kirk Cousins is the guy they have to have for the future. Every year they turn him out there. And he does the same things every time they get on primetime television against a team with a winning record. There's a reason why those numbers exist. 
Go look at the passes he makes that leads to his defense being put with the pressure being put on them. Go look at the way he plays. It's not good. I don't I, I hate to be a hater. I hate to be unfair in regards to this, but I mean, we've seen this script before. We've watched this movie. We've seen all his movies. We know what we're going to get out of him. And everybody is their habits. He seems to be the exact same way. But looking through this, I don't even know a thing about the Bears. I'm just going to lead him alone, Justin Fields. I'm I'm just going to give you a little bit more leeway. We'll see. Hopefully, you get some competent coaching that can get you there. I don't know if you're even an NFL quarterback. I'm going to be keeping it a buck. That's the only player I don't know yet. But them Lions is working hard. That game against the Commanders, now it was the Commanders, but at the same time, I think that was solid. And they played the Eagles very tough. That was a three-point game. Like, they both worked hard. And the Lions came all the way back. They were down 31 to 14 in the in at the start of third in you know in the third quarter. And then they just started to work on Amon Ross St. Brown has become everybody's fantasy favorite. He's out here cooking. So it looks like there's a chance that this team could put up something. Hell, De'Aaron Swift. DeAndre Swift had 15 carries, 144 yards, and a tutty in that first game. Then he brings back game two, which Swift is definitely a really good one for daily fantasy because he seems to be putting up some numbers. And didn't really give us anything. Swift, five carries, 56 yards. It's more so the Jared Goff show who threw four touchdowns. Amon Rossay Brown had more rushing yards than DeAndre Swift, but at the same time, it's not bad. The Lions look like defensively, overall, like they could be a problem in that division. Like they're going to cause issues, and you want that. You hope for that. You want something competitive. Because right now, the Packers, I don't know, man. I'm not sold on AA Ron. I'm not sold on this roster, even though those running backs are starting to actually show out finally. They're getting some run out of Jones and Dylan. They both have 100 yards this season so far. I know that A.J. Dylan said that he wants him both and Aaron Jones to have average 100 yards a game. Hopefully they can figure something out, out like that. Aaron Rodgers is not looking like the, super, the, the MVP Aaron Rodgers so far, but I'm going to give him a few games. He'll probably get real high before one of them and he'll be out there just playing at a new level like he's like an adult body experience for him but I, in this one I don't see anybody on a revenge tour I don't even see anybody with the prove myself tour in this one I see that we have Kirk Cousins being who we the, the guy who he thought he was guy quarterback in this division and so if anybody comes out of it the Vikings are supposed to come out of it. They're supposed to come out of the top team. It's going to be the Packers, and that's not going to be a good thing for the Packers. They do not need to win their division. They need to make the, a wild card spot, and they have a way better chance of winning a Super Bowl playing on the road the entire time rather than playing up there in cold Green Bay, Wisconsin in January. I'm just saying they won a Super Bowl that way. May as well try that blueprint again. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. As you fly through these divisions, probably going to be a little bit longer episode, but hey, y'all miss my voice, right? I miss my voice. So we're going to go ahead and give you my voice. And let's dive right into the NFC South. The Buccaneers should win that division, no problem. The way it looks, it's theirs, and there's no one else to beat them. They finally got off the hump and beat the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. We ain't been to beat the Saints in uh, the Tom Brady era in the regular season. Now, that's also the era of Sean Payton, and Payton ain't there no more. So something that I'm glad to see that the Bucs were able to go back-to-back road games and win. So they should win the division. The only problem right now is we're struggling with scoring. 20 points against the Saints, 19 points against the Cowboys, all these wide receiver injuries. Mike Evans is done probably for a couple of games, well, a game so far, especially because of that fight that he had with uh, Marshawn Lattimore. They hate each other. That is the funniest rivalry or beef in the league. They really hate each other. Like Evans hates that dude. If Lattimore does not hate Evans, Evans definitely hates Lattimore. Like I, I'm surprised. Every time, like it's on site whenever there's an opportunity for Evans to wail in on Lattimore. Like he just wants to, he just wants all the smoke anytime he gets a chance. Plays over, he sneezes in his direction. Evans is going to start fighting him. It never fails. And I think the funny thing somebody pointed out was that the first time we saw Evans really just level Lattimore. Jameis was his quarterback, and Jameis kind of instigated the fight. He put his finger on the back of him, and Lattimore was wanting to fight him. And so, of course, Evans runs through and boom, takes the dude out. Now, you know, Winston and Lattimore are teammates, but, you know, defense and offense don't really talk to each other. They don't like each other that much. We've seen that in, like, Seattle and stuff. But the funny thing to go with that is that Evans is there to protect his quarterback, and anytime those corners talk noise to their quarterback, they go after him. So, like, after he took out Lattimore, they and the coaches pulled him to the side and was asking him why he was doing that. He's like, "What am I supposed to do?" That's Tom Brady. So you can read his lips. It's the funniest video, but it's 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 true. That's that's what you do. You need to protect the dude that's throwing you the ball, especially the one that can get you to a Super Bowl. You've got one ring with them, and you know you can get a second with them. You got to take advantage of what's left of Tom Brady's leadership on the field, not even his arm strength or his ability, his leadership to get you all there. That's what Tampa's doing. So, division-wise, this is all Tampa Bay's. I don't see anything in here that tells me anything else. It's supposed to be a revenge tour for both Jameis Winston as well, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, and Marcus Mariota. And right now, I'm seeing that it may be time for Mayfield to be done as a starter. Let him be a backup somewhere. Winston, I am in a 50-50 throw-up with him. And Mariota, I think he's done as well. Every time I see Mayfield out here, I'm just like, what, what, what is going on? It, it's, it's either the blocking ain't there. He ain't getting rid of the ball. He's only thrown for 380 yards this season. He's got some solid wide receivers. 145 in the first game versus the Giants, which is awful. 48%, 235 in the second game. Look, this is the reason why I'm a little concerned about Baker Mayfield at this point, and I'm thinking that we're done. The one thing that made him great in college – Accuracy. Capricious percentages were always high. 
Dude was on point with his passes. He got him out quickly. He got him to his people. Boom. He's at 53% right now passing. Are, can he get better? Hopefully. Maybe it's them, them trying to jail, figure things out. I mean, he was at least in the 60s for the most part while he was with Cleveland. He ain't looking good. He looks rattled. He doesn't look like he's comfortable. Either that line bad or he's just bad. One of the two. I don't know. So if there's anything I'm going to say about this division, it's definitely going to be the Buccaneers. I want Baker to improve. You have to play better. Your defense is, for the most part, doing its part. You're not doing your part. And I need you to get out there and put some numbers up. You're embarrassing me. I've defended the hell out of you a little too much. Felt like if you just got yourself, you know, got yourself a coach that's uh, consistent, you might be able to. But then you go to this situation, which is not really that much better than what's in Cleveland. If they get a Matt Rule and they give Baker one more shot with another coach, that's what, like, five coaches he's had since he's been in the league. I want to give him the Alex Smith benefit of the doubt, but I don't know if I can because it doesn't look like he's doing his part. Baker, do your part. Wrap it up with the NFC West. This was a this one's an interesting division to me. I think it's the second most interesting one in the NFC. The number one one, of course, is the East and all the drama that always happens there with Jalen Hurts and his emergence. But San Fran just lost their quarterback in Trey Lance, brought right back Jimmy Garoppolo, and now people are saying the team is actually better. I beg to differ, but that's neither here nor there. I think their biggest problem is is they keep trying to run a quarterback power with a quarterback that's not the size to run a quarterback power. Like Trey Lance can throw, not super accurate. You can tell he's super raw with his ability, but he's not Josh Allen's size. You can't run a power with a dude that's the size of Russell Wilson. You can't, period. I don't know if you noticed, Russell Wilson don't even run no more. We'll talk about him when we get to the AFC, but... The 49ers are making a mistake the way they're playing. I don't think that they even want to win, it feels like. Somehow they're one and one. I don't know. Jimmy G went out there and threw some plays and got them helped them get a W. There's nothing about this team that tells me that they're taking this seriously. Trading up three picks to get Trey Lance to run him like he's a uh, the size of a Josh Allen was absurdly stupid. Now he's got that snapped ankle, which is very much unfortunate. They're not a better team. With Jimmy G. They're not. Seattle's also a very bad team. And I can't believe that they're as bad as they are. I expected them to be a lot better. But I mean, okay, so I might be wrong here. Trey Lance is 6'4", 224 pounds. He's a lot bigger than I thought. That's on me. That he does not look 6'4", 224. At all. At all. Watching him play, he does not look that size. But now, at this point, the 49ers have to figure out what's next. Because they're they're playing with Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of the season unless they go get them another quarterback. And do you think Jimmy can lead them to a playoff? Now, I'm looking at their schedule. It's pretty favorable. They got the Broncos that they're traveling to at night on, on a Sunday night. Then they have, they're traveling to Carolina, which is favorable. They travel to Atlanta, which is very much favorable. Their struggles really are going to come with the Rams twice within the next, what's this, four, eight games. They got Rams twice in the next eight games. And they got the Chiefs. And then they play the Chargers. For the most part, their schedule is favorable. The question is, is can the defense do enough to prevent everything that Jimmy Garoppolo does? 
from them having a good season. Like Jimmy is usually the the common denominator in ruining this. And then Seattle itself, Geno looked good game one against the Broncos in that revenge game at home. I don't know what happened game two. Are we sold on Geno Smith as a starting quarterback? Like the one thing about him is that we felt like he did get a, a raw deal with the Giants. And then, of course, he gets sucker punched by his teammate, breaks his jaw, and that kind of derails everything about him because then everybody questions him as a player because he got punched by his teammate. He's showing some talent, but that game did not look good against the Niners. He's 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 got to be better as a passer, even the years that we've seen him as a backup. I don't think that he's your future. Hell, to be honest, I don't know if he's your starter. Might probably should have went ahead and um, picked up the phone on you know Kaepernick. They won't, but that's just it, neither here nor there. He had a good game though. He completed eighty percent of his passes, but he only got one hundred ninety-five yards. So it felt like it was all. I mean, hell, he's completed eighty percent in both games. Gino, what's up? You got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. If you put those bad boys in certain spots, they're gonna catch it. They've proven it. Russell Wilson have seen it. Russell Wilson has done it. I need you to do more of that. Give me that action, Gino. So as far as the revenge tour on this one, I don't know what's up with y'all's boy, uh, Stat Pafford. Can anybody tell me what's going on with Stat Pafford? That Bills game was awful. That Rams defense does not look very good. They gave up 27 points to the Falcons. To the Falcons. The Falcons. And then Stafford's out here just chunking interceptions. It's like it's one of his favorite things to do. Here, guys. You get the ball. You get the ball. Everybody gets the ball. He's thrown five already this year. So either that elbow is really bothering him or that age is kicking in quick. And we've talked about that. We talked about that with Tom Brady. He's like one of the few people that didn't get affected by this. Hit that certain age. You just real quick. He's 34 years old. Do we think Stafford can continue this? I don't know. Now, they don't have an excuse not to walk out of this division because the Cardinals are not looking very good either. Kyler Murray has had one or two moments where you think that, oh, okay. Arizona, maybe. That Raiders comeback was lovely. Was lovely. That loss to the Chiefs, not so much. And Kyler showed you why he is a high-tier NFL quarterback against the Raiders. I'm more concerned about what they're going to look like long-term without Hopkins. Well, once I guess when Hopkins comes back, you know, mid-season, he should be in mid-season. I say by mid-season, he'll be in form that he should be in. And him in Hollywood could make it good. I mean, they've got some solid receivers in Arizona. But I don't know who's going to come out of this division. Like, I am in the air. The, the, the Rams should come out the division, but it doesn't look like the way they're playing, they're going to be able to. The Niners always have the defense and the run game, but they keep having all these running back injuries and player injuries. That may derail their entire season. Seattle is Seattle right now. They're still trying to figure out what they're going to do next. And then you've got Kyler Murray in Arizona who always starts the season strong. And then when Call of Duty comes out, they start to teeter off. Like, it seems like Kyler is going to save Cliff Kingsbury's job because he does so many magical things 
they will attribute a lot of that to Kingsbury. And that's going to be the saving grace. Because I don't know if it's his play call. I don't know if it's decision making. It doesn't feel like it's anything with Cliff. Like, I think Kingsbury did well so far in this league. Like, he's done a lot better than I expected because he does a lot more running than I, than passing. He doesn't really air raid it out. He know, understands the NFL. I do think he'll be a really good offensive coordinator somewhere. I don't know about him as head coach yet, as the CEO yet. I don't think that he's a Kyle Shanahan where he can do that yet. But we'll see. They're probably going to keep, keep Kingsbury in the role. He's probably going to get an extension. He'll probably last for another few more years. And when they keep not making it anywhere in the playoffs, they'll eventually fire him. If they are a smart organization, and I'll keep it honest, you keep you keep Kingsbury. You're winning. You keep keep him around. You just find better staff around him. You get him some players, and just figure out how to make this work with Kyler. You've already paid the dude. Just figure it out. It's really hard to find quarterbacks like him in this league period, as we've synced as I've gone through each division. Let's see what they can do. But if overall, I think the winner of this division will go with we'll, we'll, we'll go with the chalk pick. I think the Rams are the ones that will end up eventually winning it. But the way their defense is playing, I may have to amend this after week four because, yeah, I don't feel confident with them right now. That's just me. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Keep the NFL Revenge Tour going. Um, let's dive right into the AFC West. We're going to go west, south, north, east, and boom, be done with this bad boy. So AFC is going to be done a lot faster than the NFC because the NFC has a lot more interesting storylines right now because we really don't have any clear-cut winner outside of the Buccaneers being the top team there. That's really it. Like NFC is so open right now, and it's considered the weaker conference, and I get it. Just going through all of these and thinking about these quarterbacks, yeah, nothing about this just tells me, oh, you're going to dominate besides the Buccaneers because it's Tom Brady and he seems to find a way. That's what he does. But AFC's got all they're, – they're open. This is open, open um, conference with all the heavy hitters. So we're going to start off with uh, the West and work our way through. So AFC West side, Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes out there telling, reminding y'all who he is. Y'all tried to ask questions about him. Y'all wanted to know if it was if 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 he's gonna be able to handle it without Tyreek Hill, and it looks like he can handle it a lot better without Tyreek Hill. Did y'all did y'all see anything different that I didn't see? Because when I'm watching this game, I'm like, oh, Mahomes is out here being Mahomes. Yeah, out here doing what he do what he do, and it looks like he's a lot more settled than he did. What was that? a year or two ago when he started to look really, really like off. Actually last year we started asking those questions about him. Like, Oh man, if the league figured out Patrick Mahomes, it's like the league's figured out Lamar Jackson. No, neither one of them can be figured out like that. You may be a fact the scheme that they may be running that their quarterback coaches are doing, but they keep doing things enough to where you're like, Oh yeah, no, 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 you ain't figured them out. 
you figure out a player that means that it's time for them to lead the league. Nothing about any of these quarterbacks right now that I'm going to talk about that are on their revenge tours look like they are, in this, especially in AFC, they are figured out. So Patrick Mahomes is one, and he's cooking. He's doing it. That division is all his. That the the West period after what I saw with the Raiders losing to the Cardinals the way they did they've lost two games in a row lost to the Chargers in Los Angeles and they lost to the Cardinals and in a way that only the Raiders would lose. Now nah, I wouldn't say only the Raiders, but it feel it was very much a Raider way of losing, which was bad. Bronco country, let's ride. No, no, I we now have the confirmation as to why the Seattle Seahawks were so willing to give up Russell Wilson. He looks awful. Period. Like, he don't look good. He threw for 340 against Seattle. Did not look hesitant in everything he did. And in this win against the Texans, which this is the Texans. This is... Lovey Smith's Texans, 45% completion percentage. Russell is known for being accurate. He looked very good. Am I wrong? Please tell me if I'm wrong. Because I know I ain't. Didn't look good. Like at all. So he's starting to look like he's aged. He's looking 33. And the corniness behind him that everyone laughs at, just like with Kirk Cousins, it's like those type of guys that super corny about the things that they do. And it's starting to come out and it looks bad on the field. Like Derek Carr, I like him a lot more, especially after the situation that happened with um, Henry Ruggs, just kind of the way he talked through it. Had an appreciation for him. He ain't it though. I don't know how I feel about him at quarterback. He's an NFL quarterback. He is. But he he he's making he makes Kirk Cousins like mistakes. And it doesn't seem like they're gonna go very far with him at quarterback. They're already starting off 0 2. Games they need to win. Chargers love everything about Justin Herbert. We've ordained him way too early. Way too early. Way too early. We need to pump the brakes on him, and we're going to pump the brakes on another quarterback. I'll explain. But we're giving them too much too early. Mahomes deserved it. He went out there through 50 touchdowns his first year. Holmes was definitely a guy to hype and be like, oh, okay, we were right. Because he's still doing it, and he's winning. He's doing it in winning ways. That I think that's the thing that, that that's critical about him is how he's able to get these W's. Like he came out there his second year through 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, only 12 ints. You felt you're like, oh, okay. Dude's special. And he's been consistent with it. His interceptions are, for the most part, dropping, except for last year when he looked really, really reckless, but still went out there and had a good season. I think that Justin Herbert, we got to pull the pump the brakes on him. He's big. He's strong. He's got an arm. He is like our boy, Josh Allen. I mean, he's six, six to 36. So they're both big boys and you love everything about him. 
but we've got to pump the brakes on ordaining him the next guy. Now, I think he's going to be potentially special. I mean, he threw for 5,000 yards last year in 17 games, which is pretty good. It's just the decision-making and the turnovers when the turnovers do come. And they ain't not like they win a lot with them yet. Yet. Let's pump the brakes on our boy Herbert. But I think that that division, though, is Patrick Mahomes, period. His revenge tour has started. He is t- showing y'all, reminding y'all who he is. Basically walking and saying, allow me to reintroduce myself. Period. We're going to quickly jump into the South. Welcome to the South. Um, AFC South. These quarterbacks, um, they're showing y'all who they are. Ryan Tannehill. Matt Ryan. They ain't it. Matt Ryan's at this point in his career, he's just old. He he it's it's retirement time for him. Um he's not reliable enough for you to win with. Dude, he tied with the tight the Texans. And the Texans really don't have a quarterback. Like, I don't want to put shade, too much shade on my boy Davis Mills. I liked him coming out of Stanford. He's got a lot of growing to do. And it's unfortunate that the Texans basically depleted all the talent off the team to where now he has to figure this out. But I think that he could potentially be something long-term for them. I think he is a NFL caliber quarterback. He may not be a upper echelon or top tier guy that's going to win you a Super Bowl, but if they build a massive defense around him, there's a chance they could go to the Super Bowl with him at quarterback. The question is, is can Lovey Smith build another defense like he had in Chicago to go to a Super Bowl? That's the question, and that's the one thing we have to figure out. But the Colts getting Matt Ryan, I thought that Matt Ryan was going to be something that the Colts was missing. They struggled with Carson Wentz. They struggled with Jacoby Brissett. They ain't done anything since Andrew Luck retired, and Andrew Luck ain't walking through that door. Matt Ryan does not look good at all. At all. Threw it 50 times, 352 in that game against the Texans, and it was a tie. Then he threw for 195 against Jacksonville, and they didn't even score. You got Jonathan Taylor, and y'all couldn't figure it out. At this point, it may be time to go ahead and put either Sam Ellinger or Nick Foles in. Just it's it's y'all got went and got this dude. Matt Ryan has one touchdown, four picks this season. This isn't the revenge tour for him. This is him showing you who he really is. Same thing with your boy Ryan Tannehill. I try to tell y'all all the time that there's absolutely nothing about Ryan Tannehill that tells me he's going to win you a Super Bowl. I don't think that he's an awful quarterback, but I think you're limited by him. And the limit I told you every single time is that the fur- the furthest you're going to go is as far as Tannehill can take you. And he never does enough to prevent mistakes. Perfect example in the playoffs, every time you want to beat them, stack the deck on on Derrick Henry and force Tannehill to beat you with his arm. Tannehill can scramble, and they force him to beat you with his arm. What does he do? Not win. They were considered the worst one seed last year, probably in NFL history, because their schedule always gives them a favorable run to the playoffs. Like, There's nothing about that schedule that tells you that they're not going to make the playoffs. Like, I'm looking at it now. 
They should have won that Giants game. The Bills game, I didn't expect them to win last night. I knew that was going to be a blowout because the Bills are on a tear, and I'll explain that in a minute. But that Giants game, they should have won, and they lost. They've got the Raiders. they got the Colts. they got two games against the Colts coming up in the next four games. And the Commanders in between, sandwiched in between. Carson Wentz, who they beat up on last year. And then they got Matt Ryan twice, who ain't playing good. They should win those games. They're going to lose two of them. Watch. That's who they are. That's who Ryan Tannehill is. And I don't understand. Now, maybe a little hyperbole saying that they're going to lose that because they should win those. That Actually, they should go through and win like 12 games a season because they really only have the Chargers to be concerned about, probably the Eagles and Packers, and the Chiefs. That's it. They got four games they should be concerned about. That gives them six losses now. And the way they're playing, they're probably going to end up losing more than what they should. But starting off 0-2, that ain't a good look, especially when you play the Giants. 1-1 is what I expected, not 0-2. And that last game last night was demoralizing. That told me, oh, yeah, we need to go ahead and start um, the contingency plan on our boy, Ryan Tannehill. And the Trevor Lawrence is out here looking like, uh, yeah, he's looking okay. He's looking like he's got competent coaching. That is what Trevor Lawrence looks like. 68% completion percentage so far, 510 yards, averaging 255 a game, three touchdowns, only one pick, sacked twice. That's really good for a young quarterback psyche. James Robinson looks like he's trying to, he's trying to do something, but the big thing here, period, is that Trevor is starting to look like an NFL quarterback. Throws aren't perfect. Go watch just kind of just the placement, but it looks like he's getting there. It looks like he's making better decisions, and I think that that's probably more important than anything. As long as Trevor Lawrence is making really good decisions, he'll survive in this league. The hardest part about this league is making good decisions, and it looks like he's getting to that point. So if I'm going to pick a team here for this division, because someone has to win it, it's going to be the Titans probably. It's probably going to be the Titans, but you want me want me to throw something a monkey wrench at y'all? I'm going to throw a wrench at y'all. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars wins the division. I know, sounds stupid, right? We'll readdress this in week five, but I think that the Jaguars are going to end up winning this division. Division is terrible. This is the worst one in the AFC. This might be one of the worst ones in the league. Yeah, this might be the worst one in the league. Because there's questions with every quarterback in this division. Actually, it's between them and the NFC East. And the North. But I think they're the worst. Period. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. All right, let's jump into the AFC North and figure out who the hell's going to win that division. Now, that division feels like it's a, it is up in the air in a way. 
But I'll say this to start off. This is the reason why I didn't ordain my boy Joey Burrow as the next thing in the NFL or even put him as a top five quarterback as some people already have. He's already struggling to start the season off. Now, it, that offensive line was supposed to be better coming into the season, I heard, and they don't look very good. And neither does Joe Burrow. And so that's where the pump, the brakes have to happen for some of these young quarterbacks. Now, I'm not saying that Joe Burrow's not a really good quarterback and there's a chance for him to be something special. He did get that team to the Super Bowl, but they were built at the perfect time, that, that perfect timing for this team. And based upon the play, way that they're playing right now, I don't think they make the playoffs this year. Like, them and the Rams both lost week one of the season. They're not winning this division. This division is going to be won by the Ravens. Even with the way they played against the Dolphins, which was a very much questionable, the Ravens are going to win this division. And so, but Joe Burrow is still st- trying to establish himself. I need more consistency out of him, and we'll get that uh, eventually. They don't have to worry about the Browns. They don't have Watson for 11 games, and they're not going to do anything up until that point. I mean, they only beat Baker Mayfield and the Panthers. That's really it. And that was by barely beating them. And then the Steelers itself, Trubisky is their starting quarterback. Mitchell Trubisky is showing himself as their starting quarterback. I thought that this would be a better situation for Mitchell Trubisky. And I'm guessing it's, Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator that everyone's now mad at? I don't know. It just doesn't feel like this team is capable of winning much of anything with Trubisky at at quarterback. Like, they have to lean heavily in on the defense, and I don't see the defense doing it for them. So, going back to the Bengals itself, they've got a lot of weapons. Their, Their defense doesn't seem like it's it, and it's a moment that we have to pump the brakes on our boy Joy Burrow. Now, Schedule-wise, it's not too bad over the next, what's this, six games? Seven games? I mean, they, they're traveling to the Jets, which that should be a W. There's no excuse not to win that game. If they go 0-3, then I'm, I'm, I'm done with them for the season. But the Dolphins game is going to be tough, and we'll talk about them next. They, they're looking good, and then that Ravens game, it's going to be a revenge game for the Ravens. They're not going to let them beat them again at home. Last year was just a strong year for them, for the Bengals and the Ravens had all those injuries. And so for me, I can't ordain Joey Burrow yet until I see more. So I'm going to need another year or two of consistency for me to say, yeah, he can do it because his first year was solid. It wasn't world beating. I mean, second year was solid. It wasn't world beating like his career as of yet. First year with the torn ACL, which you know, broke my heart that he got hurt before the season ended. But last year was more of a really solid season. It was solid. I got to see that again. And then I can ordain him top five. He's top 10. He ain't top five yet. We'll get there. But Lamar here on that FM <laughs> tour with Jalen Hurts and... Some others trying to prove to y'all and, and Patrick Mahomes that, yeah, y'all scrutinize the hell out of us. Kind of see the common denominator of why they're being scrutinized, but needs to hear nor there. They're out there showing, hey, man, um, can we get some respect? 
And rightfully so. Look at the way Lamar has been playing. 265 yards passing per game. He's only averaging 68 yards rushing per game. He's throwing it. He's thrown it 59 times in the first two games. That's almost 30, that's 29 and a half throws per game. 64% completion percentage. 531, nine yards per pass. And those deep balls have been. You're hearing me defend Lamar Jackson numerous times. And it makes me go back to the Steve Young statement that he made. Now, people thought that Steve Young was criticizing Lamar, and he wasn't. He pointed out that the Ravens offense is holding him back. Like Lamar needs to throw the ball more. And we're seeing why. When he throws the ball more, they look good. They be winning games. They look solid. Cooked up on the Jets. The Dolphins games they should have won. It's not on Lamar. It's on that defense. That defense just gave it up. They gave up all of it to Tua. We're going to talk about him in a minute. But we're on a prove it situation, and Lamar is always having to prove himself, and he keeps doing it. So the question is, is when are we going to give him his respect that he deserves and ordain him top five like we've already ordained Joey Burrow? I guess he needs to throw for 5,000 yards or 4,500 yards, which right now he's on pace to do. Probably will end up throwing it for that many yards. We'll see. But... Let's go ahead and give Lamar his respect right now because he really deserves it. Dude threw 318, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and was not sacked. And he ran for 119 yards. He literally is the offense. He's not a system quarterback. He is the system. Period. Let's respect that. Let's respect that. The Ravens will win the North. I've already got the Ravens winning the North. And they should potentially have a top three seed in the playoffs. I'm, I'm, I'm ex- two. I actually top two. They're either going to be one or two. They're going to go out and rile off a whole bunch of wins like they always do in the regular season. And I expect them to, if they're healthy, I expect them to be healthy this year. I see a deep playoff run. Go Ravens. Now the division with the two quarterbacks who are really out there trying to prove themselves. You got Josh Allen and Tua Tungvaloa. Now, J.A., is literally on the I'm winning MVP tour right now. Period. Like, he is putting up the monster numbers this season. He is showing us that, yes, I deserve to be in the conversation this year for MVP, as he is already the favorite for MVP. He's probably going to win it. Crazy to me that he is... The, the the just what he's doing. He's already got he's got his seven touchdowns this year, two picks, which are kind of ugly, only three sacks, six hundred and fourteen yards passing. He's killing it. Now this is what's funny to me though. He ain't got the best numbers in his division. Tua's outdoing him right now. Tua's thrown for seven hundred and thirty nine yards, averaging eight point nine yards per pass, six hundred three hundred and sixty nine yards per game. He's got seven touchdowns. Tua, 71% completion percentage. I mean, is Mike McDaniels like a whisperer? Like, is he a QB whisperer? Is he just that special? Because, I mean, he did have Jimmy G looking solid over there in San Francisco. Now he comes out here to Miami and Tua's out here just Tua-ing it up. Tua's making a point. And that's something that I got to say I did not see coming. He is on that Jalen Hurts FM tour 
with Patrick Mahomes, with, with Lamar Jackson, saying, why y'all keep doubting me? Now, I don't know if this is what we're going to get out of Tua every year. I'm not ordaining him top five yet. I have to see more of this. We have had questions about Tua since he came into the league, and he hasn't looked as special as we hoped he would. Coming in, this is his third season. But now it looks like he may actually be doing something that we kind of expected him to. So we have to see where the Dolphins go from here. Now, they added some weapons. That a three-kill element is something that we have to, you know, acknowledge. Three-kill does change things because he is a masterful route runner and he finds those holes to get open. He knows how to pay attention to the quarterback, get open for his quarterback and go. He leads the league in yards. It's him and Jalen Waddle. Waddle's at 240. He's at 284. And they didn't play slouch defenses. Like, not, like, like the Patriots are known for having a really good defense, um, especially under Belichick going against young quarterbacks. They usually have a pretty solid defense, and they only gave up 20 points in that game. It's that Ravens game where he was able to inflate his numbers, and that's something that shocked me because the Ravens usually always have a really, 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 really good defense. Peters was back. <laughs> Marlon Humphreys didn't look like himself. I don't know, but overall, I mean, the Dolphins only had 300 yards against the Patriots. They were able to really move it and control things. Their defense, to me, looks like it could be a little bit more special going in division. The question is going to be, what do they going to look like going up against them Bills next week? That's the game I will be tuned into. I want to watch that game. That one is the most critical game. They're playing the Bills at the crib. So that Bills defense can do something. This is the game to show it. This this is the game also for Tua to prove that, oh, you're going to have a stout defense. I'm cool with that. I'm still going to put up my numbers. Got to give it to him. He's doing well. I did not ordain him as anything but as someone on a tour to prove himself. Jets, eh, you know, they're the Jets. They beat the Browns 31 to 30. They lost to the Ravens 24 to 9. Feel bad for that 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 team. Joe Flacco just ain't Joe Flacco in it. He just ain't. I mean, he's he's tops in the league in yards. I mean, he's in the top. Um, he's what number three in yards this season at six hundred sixteen. Flacco flinging it. He's also throwing the ball one hundred three times, sixty one percent percentage, and he's at six yards per pass. Kind of low. Him and Joe Burrow are about the same right now. So Joe Flacco's got to prove himself again because Joe Flacco just hasn't been, you know, Joe Flacco in it up since he got that contract. I don't know what it truly means, but it does tell me one thing. <sighs> Jets going really will really like to have um, Zach Wilson back so they can understand what they have at quarterback. I'm not doubting him yet because I don't know. He's going to be on that tour too, but right now, quarterback wise, the league is in great hands and I like what I've seen out of, who was so far in these first two games. We'll readdress all of this week five, like I said, but right now this division is the Bills and it looks like the Dolphins will probably make the playoffs with them. So they'll probably send two teams into the playoffs, but the Bills will definitely win this division. Josh Allen is a monster. I do not apologize for anything I said about him in his first two seasons because you go look at his numbers his first two seasons, they tell you exactly that. Now, I think that's the one thing that pisses me off about the Josh Allen discourse. The whole conversation around him, the narratives that people are trying to create and say, oh, you all were wrong. No, we weren't. I like Josh Allen. 
We all said we understand why you draft him. He's 6'5", 237. He's big, strong, and he can throw it. You start running him like he's Cam Newton, or as Bomani said, running him like his name is Jaheim Allen, you'll start getting more production out of him. Guess what they started doing? Running him like he's Jaheim Allen. You can't send no, no lower-digit number at him and think that they're going to tackle him solo. He's stiff-arming corners and safeties, bro. That's what he does. The question has always been, can Josh Allen get overthrowing 52% completion percentage and 58% completion percentage in turnovers? What did he do? He changed all of that. He just got better. He did something that most quarterbacks can't do. He suppressed his ego and said, I do need to get better. I can't win this my way. I have to win this with help. That's where I like Josh Allen at. That's where my respect for Josh Allen is. No one was wrong about him his first two seasons. We were 100% right, but we're happy to see that he is one of the few quarterbacks in NFL history that will suppress his own ego and get help at something he knows that just because he can do it, he's got to do better at. If Cam Newton had done that, he'd be putting up those type of numbers. But the problem is a lot of players... All quarterbacks have an ego. They have to. You have to believe that you're better than everybody else if you want to keep that job. It's professional athletes, period. Josh Allen suppressed his, and that's the reason why he's where he's at, and that's the reason why he's becoming so great. The fact that he stepped back and said that I need to be better. Kudos to that man. 100% kudos. And I'm so glad that he's out here wrecking the world with what he's doing. Now, I don't want them to win the Super Bowl because I don't want to hear Bills fans. I don't. Because the problem is, is that no, none of the Bills fans admit how bad he is. There's very few. There's a very small segment of the fan base that will. But they ain't admitting anything about how everyone was right the first two years. After that, everybody was saying, okay, he got it together. We don't see this very often. Hell, Josh Rosen still ain't figured it out. We thought he was going to be something. Baker Mayfield ain't figured it out yet. He puts up numbers, but he ain't figured it out yet. So it's not common for this to happen is my point. So keep that in mind, Bills fans. That's the reason why we have no problem with showing Josh Allen love while at the same time recognizing that he's made leaps and bounce from something that no other quarterback ever does. Bills wins the division. Bills get the number one number one seed probably. The Bills and the Ravens will fight for that one seed this year is my prediction. We'll see who gets it. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Now I'm wrap this bad boy up, put a bow on it on this NFL full segment show of Unfair Sports. You'll be getting these bad boys. Don't worry. Just keep the notifications on. You'll see them in the podcast segments. Hit the like, subscribe button, as well as follow, rate us, review us. Give us all that stuff. Show that love. We'll get more out there. So here we go. College football. How y'all feeling, college football fans? Y'all excited? Y'all hype? 
college football is giving us some of the fun stuff that we've been looking for. And I want to talk about all these new coaches that we've saw these new faces in new places who are starting to do some things. So for week three, we had some good ones. Like for example, Brent Venables for my Sooners, one of the teams that I am a huge fan of. And that's basically the premise of my entire YouTube channel has walked out here and told y'all, Hey guys, I'm here and I'm good. Period. He had to remind y'all who he is. And I love it. Brent Venables has this OU team playing some stout defense. They are considered a top 10 defense in college football right now. Something that we would not have said over the last five years with the last regime. The cooking. They beat Nebraska 49 to 14 in front of 90,000 fans up there in Lincoln, Nebraska. Something I would not expect it. I got a video on my after morning after reaction. Go check it out on the YouTube channel, Unfair Sports. Find it there. And the biggest thing I pointed out there was that first drive gave everybody PTSD. There's like, uh-oh, defense is not going to be able to handle the big, the big stage. All the national attention is on this game. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And what happened? Sooners were out within five plays. Then right after that, Nebraska drove the field, scored a touchdown immediately, and we wondered what happened. With his video of Venables going out there, ripping into his boys, getting their attention, and right afterwards, guess what? They settled down. Didn't give up no more points to the fourth quarter. Gave up 226 yards up until all of the starters came out at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and this is the funny thing about that. 226 yards. Listen to me on that. The Sooners gave up 226 yards, Nebraska averages 492. Anthony Grant, their star running back, Juco transfer, dude's a monster. Honestly, he was in a lot of people's sleeper for Heisman consideration. Over 100 yards per game. Did not get 100 yards in this game. He was held in check to 36 yards. Not something you would expect from a Sooner defense, right? Especially against a running back who can get yards. Now I'm ready... Keeping it a buck, I cannot wait until this weekend's game against Kansas State. I want to see what they do against Deuce Vaughn, who didn't do too well against Tulane, but that's neither here nor there. And I'm also ready to see what he does, what this defense does against Texas, against B. John Robinson. If they're able to do this and against those two running backs too, oh my God, this, this, defense, this will be the most stout defense Oklahoma's ever had in my, in my lifetime. And this is this is a title team. This is a team that will make the playoffs if they can show that in those two games. They're playing out of their mind. And on the offensive side, the thing that really jumps out even more for this is Dylan Gabriel coming in here. And Joe Klatt said this on his show, and I thought this was great, so I'm stealing it, is that what makes Dylan Gabriel so special in this Oklahoma offense is that the Jeff Levy offense is about ratios. It's about finding it's either having the safety in one spot and leveraging the other side. They want you to have a higher ratio than the other team based upon the way the play is going to be called. And you have to have the ability to change the plays quickly at the line of scrimmage. Well, Dylan Gabriel knows the offense, so he knows where to switch from one to the other instantly. And so this put them three years ahead of schedule in the, in the Brent Venables era. Because if Dylan Gabriel goes out there knowing all of this stuff 
if he comes back next year, this could be a title team. That is a title contender if he comes back next year, period. I don't see him coming back. This year may lead him into a chance of getting actually drafted. But with the young quarterbacks coming behind him, this could be a this could be a title conversation. This team is really good. Like it's really good. And they're doing everything you want. They're running the ball. Eric Gray is shutting me up. Shout out to my boy E. Gray. Period. It's nothing you can I can't even c- complain. I can't there's nothing I can say about it. The man is having a season so far. He's rushed for over a hundred yards in two to three games. Hundred and two against UTEP, seventy one against Kent State, and hundred and thirteen against Nebraska. He's got almost three hundred yards in the first three games. And they're running multiple running backs. We ran for three hundred and twelve yards in this game. And it was mainly because the game was out of hand by halftime, thirty five to seven. So I took most of this time talking about Oklahoma. Of course I'm an Oklahoma guy, big great job by the Sooners. <clears throat> With outside of them, Gotta get to Lincoln Riley. He's putting up numbers out there at USC. Now that defense is giving up a lot, but who cares when your offense is out here putting up these numbers? I mean, look at what Caleb Williams is doing. Caleb Williams is probably the favorite for the Heisman right now. He's scoring by passing it and he's scoring it on the ground. He might finish the year with what, 40 something touchdowns? almost 50 touchdowns have like a Joe Burrow type season. He's just putting up numbers and that's something that you want from someone. I mean, he has, what's that eight touchdowns in the first three games passing and that's just passing touchdowns. He's already rushed also for two, eight touchdowns, no picks 74% completion percentage. He's looking like, QB one can't be mad at Lincoln Riley for what he's doing. He's doing some things there at USC. And so we'll see a big test out of them going to Corvallis playing against Oregon state this weekend. I don't knock those road games, especially flying up North could be something. Some other new notables, Dan Lanning rebounded big win against BYU. That was a big deal up there. Eugene, I think that Oregon may come back and look better coming forward. They may be the team that challenges USC for the conference for the Pac-12 this year. Mario Cristobal, I don't know what the hell y'all were doing down there at Texas A&M. Y'all saw Appalachian State beat them, right? And somehow you all could not score a touchdown. And and some people said in Mario fashion, they basically kicked field goals. And they did. They scored nine points in field goals. They looked bad. I watched that game and was like, what is this? What are we doing, guys? Miami looked really bad in that game. A&M, you know, rebounded from that L, but it looked bad. I don't know what Miami's going to be later. Now, schedule-wise, still things are very much favorable for them going forward. They don't have a tough game up until, if I keep it a buck, Florida State on November 5th. 
when Florida State comes to them, that will be a tough one. In-state rivalry and then Clemson later and then Pitt at the end of the season. But, yeah, they they should be able to run through Middle Tennessee, North Carolina, Vitek, Duke, and Virginia with no problem. They should. I'm not saying they will, but they should. There's a really good chance, though, that we don't get that out of we don't get that out of Miami, though. That that that's not 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 too too good of a look. We ain't really talked much about our boy, our boy Brian Kelly. Not much to really say. They beat up on Mississippi State, which was a really good game for them. They needed that. I was concerned they were going to lose that game, but they didn't. They actually gave us the game that they were supposed to give us. So not even mad at them for that. Good job to them. I like Jaden Daniels. I think he's going to be something special for them. I mean, he rushed for 93 yards and threw for 218. Once they settle down, I think that they're going to be fine. It's LSU. They always turn out some good teams. And Brian Kelly, shockingly, is a good recruiter. So I can't knock him for that. Um, I'm happy that we finally got something out of Notre Dame. I'm really happy that... Marcus Freeman got a win. They barely beat California, but they got the win that they needed. They did not go 3-0-3. Oh, if they went 0-3, oh, I probably would have cried for him. I would have felt really, really bad because that, to me, is not a good thing for them to go that bad, play that bad. So looking at this game for them, they have quarterback problems, and I don't know what – the plan is how they're going to figure this out. Marcus has to figure it out. Their defense looks like it's not that bad. Their offense, they have no offense. And that's going to be what's going to be critical for them to survive as this Indy, especially with their schedule looking like who we got coming up. We've got, they're traveling to North Carolina. That's going to be a ma- massive test. BYU every year. Stanford, Clemson, Syracuse, Boston College and USC. Now, Boston College shouldn't be too big of a problem, and Navy shouldn't either, but they've got some pretty big games coming up. I mean, I think this North Carolina BYU Stanford is going to be the big test for them. If they don't show out in these games, I don't know what to say about them. So we know Marcus. Got to figure it out. I hope he does soon. Um, I mean, honestly, outside of that, season's looking fun, and I'm here for it. Washington looking like they may uh make a disturbance. They start off the year three and zero, still not getting any love. Kansas is undefeated, guys. Who y'all ever think God hear me say Kansas three and zero? And there's a chance they could end up six and zero before they play Oklahoma. A six and zero Kansas against Oklahoma. Speaking into existence, Kansas will be undefeated going into the Oklahoma game. I'm pumped to see it. With that, appreciate y'all joining as usual here on Unfair Sports. Please hit the like, subscribe button, rate us and review us. Give us five stars. You think we deserve it? Just give us five anyway and gift it. So for my Bobby and Wendy, thank you so much for pulling up and helping me with this podcast. We're going to get back on track. I promise you. Eventually we will. Um... 
I'm working on more guests for the standard podcast. I have a lot of guests on the YouTube channel. Go watch the videos there. You should be able to listen to it in the background too. Um, check that out. We're doing some special things and we're going to be growing. So we're going to grow all because of you all. Let me know what you think. Hit us up on the unfair fan line, 430-901-1906. And you can end up on the show if you give me a nice opinion as well as tell me why I should bring you on too. And so with that, we will chop it up in a few days. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.